you know that like this podcast has become less about us pitching movies and more about exploring our own inner psych. You do realize self-reflection, and I feel like we're learning a lot about ourselves and each other. Yes, um, a, a little bit too much at times, I think, but you know we can we can deal with that. Um, uh, um, yeah, apologies we couldn't get John Weatherall on the podcast today. Uh, yeah, wherever you are, buddy, thinking of you. You're so, a special, special individual. I was talking to a group of people who normally tag sea turtles um, on like the, the British coast. They have, I don't know why they're on the British coast. Do they have sea turtles in Britain? I don't, I don't think they do, but that's, that's special. <laughs> that's their, their, their base of operations. There's, there's three the guys, very well funded. Um, but they, <laughs> they did manage to tag him. I asked them if they saw him, didn't tag him. They did see him bathing uh, just off uh, the coast there. Uh, and the latest, latest tag, uh, it sort of said he was somewhere around Sweden. So... Um, taking taking uh, advantage of those sweet sweet uh, hot water fountain thingies. What are they called? On they're not onsens when they're in Sweden, but what are they? hot baths? Hot baths. Hot baths. He's taking some hot baths. No, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. But um, <clears throat> we've been we've been doing some soul searching. We've been we've been doing a little bit of like. I think everybody kind of like when you reach a certain age. Uh, not that we're old. Just I want to put that out there. I'm I'm a. a a young 34, wait, no, 35 years old. <laughs> that just got depressing. But um, you kind of think to yourself, well, wow, wow, I've ended up the way I am. I ended up here because of what's happened in the past. You know, yeah. I've, I've, I've gone through all of my experiences in life to be where I am right now. Uh, we take it one step further and we've sort of talked about it a bit and said, we watched these movies mm-hmm. and they have made us into the person we are today. So I like to think of today as kind of like a, a, a sit down, you know, we're going to take turns laying down on the couch as the other one Dissects talks us why. through and dissects <laughs> the movie, the, the milestone pop culture and movie Things that have yeah. occurred in our, our life. Identity. Our, our identity is based on film. Look, and the reason that it's only the two of us is because, if honestly, if we did John, it would be like a it would be like an eight part miniseries, and there it's would an, be it's a whole episode unto itself. Really, it'd be like watching the the mystery of the Cecil Hotel. You know, <laughs> it'd just be <laughs> it'd just be one incident after another leading to a horrible tragedy. I um, think it's more like that sex cult one. That's oh yes yeah yeah that that's that's fair but with less horror. (laughs) Before we delve in though, let's uh, let's roll that start thingy. That's not it. I like it though. Totally new thing. Uh, We're using we're using a roadcaster desk. You ruined it, Lachlan. You ruined it. You had one job. The illusion. The illusion. What illusion? The future of mankind is being guided behind closed doors. Since we're all strangers to each other, let's get acquainted with the drink, shall we? Explode the sunlight here, gentlemen. You explode the universe. They're coming for you, Barbara. You mean the kind from up there? Yes, it does seem strange, but it's nice and solid. This could only happen because the electrode ray is off. Their evil bodies turn the strongest man into jelly. Then your party will really begin. 
didn't have anything for breakfast but two raw eggs and a mug of honey. Second time's a charm there, Lachlan. Yep. Second time's a charm. Um, <clears throat> let's, let's, let's begin. And I, I would like to begin with you, Lachlan. I'd like to delve into that inner working of your mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I want to know, what, what, are some, what are some pop culture movie milestones that, are, that you feel have truly defined the person that you are now today? Let's, let's dig deep. Well, I think it all started back when I was a, well, back when I was a boy, where most things do start for a man. Um, do you know what? It was, it was a cinematic experience of going and seeing Titanic. Titanic is, is perhaps one of the first memories I have of going to the cinema with my mother. So it was super awkward. I was like, I might have been How old were you? I was about 10, maybe maybe 9, 10. Yeah, no, that'd be right, because I was about 12 when it came out. Yeah, yeah. and so like my mum was like... Because I was super into the Titanic for some reason. Um, before the actual movie. Before the actual movie. I don't know okay. why. I think it was yeah. probably... The Titanic was coming out, and it really just... Like, other kids were into... Lego. You got your you got your Encyclopedia Britannica out, and you, yeah. you did a little yeah. bit of a read. Yeah, 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 and that was before I wore glasses. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, so I, I was really into Titanic and mum said, oh yeah, okay, well, I'll take you. And she To the three hour. The three hour thing. With um, a naked drawing in it. Yeah. And I think secretly she really liked it, but I think obviously as parents do, you're like, oh, I can't really be too, like, this is, has some sexy time in this. There's <laughs> some new drawing. Things get steamy. Um, and I think that's where it sort of, it, it sort of started to f- unravel for me um, because like Titanic was such a spectacle. It was such a Huge. spectacle. It was Huge. It was something that like the nineties was such a big time because CGI wasn't really that feasible. Like, yeah, you could do it. Like Jurassic Park was awesome. Um, yeah. Cause I remember going to see the lost world as well, like Jurassic Park, the lost world and just being blown away by that. But there was still like, remember how you used to go through and you used to get the Empire magazines and you used to like flick through Empire yeah. to see a movie and, and there was just those really awesome set photos. I noticed like I picked up an Empire the other day and I flicked through it and I went, most of this is just promotional stills. This is not behind yeah. the scenes stuff because all the, all the behind the scenes stuff now is just green screen stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, we're back in the day. And I feel like that's where a big part of my storytelling because I, I think by nature I am a, I am a storyteller. I like the grandiose. I like, I was, you know what? I literally was thinking to myself, I, I want to use the word grandiose to describe your vision. Nice. Because it, it, it is a very succinct word to describe that vision that you have. Like you're, you're very much a, a, a spectacle man. Do you know what oh, I mean? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, like, I'm a showman through and through. And I like, mm-hmm. I like to be able to show people and go, Hey, uh, Hey kids, here's a magic trick. And, and like, sh- uh, like, like th- something with theater, like I'm a big, obviously I'm a drama teacher. Um, but yeah, yeah. one of the big things with me is I love showing people how something is done. I love projection mapping, but only when it's done in conjunction with, like a really cool set piece that like as the set piece spins, the projection mapping. And I love revealing that curtain. I love peeling it back. And I think Titanic for me, because James Cameron documented everything to do with that 
film. Yeah. Like, there was so much set photos and behind the scenes. I think that's where my love of the grandiose and um, like that love of practical effects and feeling that being part of that story uh, has really come from. What about you though, man? Um, we'll, we'll get to my, my, uh, my older years. <laughs> well, I just want to, I want to touch on something there too, is, is you were talking about like the spectacle and stuff like that. And Titanic's really very succinct for that because ultimately it is a disaster movie with that slight attachment of a romance. And I feel like it worked really well in that instance because normally if you get a disaster movie at the moment it's just a disaster movie whereas that one really mixed the two together so you had people going for the romantic side of it and you had the people going for the the big watching something you know crash and burn um and i think that's that's a good description of the way that i've seen you do your drama and stuff like that as well like you love to have like you love to have tiny moments and you love to have big moments mm. and i can see that about the way that you do things there um Look, I've got two things from a young age that I feel really define me. Um, and more, it, it, not just as a, as a performative person, but as a, as a, as a moralistic and ethical person. Um, it's going to sound odd, but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles defines my idea of brotherhood and loyalty. And also succinctly got my comedy like that. That was the, that's what I thought was funny. And these kind of teenage turtles were like my idols for a very, very long time when I was a kid. And I, I've watched that movie until it literally burnt out of VHS. Like I absolutely adored it, but I loved the, I loved the, the good versus evil. And it was so black and white and it was so, and sometimes I get a little bit too black and white. And I think it's because I, 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 that's what I was raised on was that, that good versus evil, black versus white sort of uh, concept. Uh, but one, I can't talk about me without talking about something very close to my heart. And you'd mentioned it just before Jurassic Park. And I'll tell you why, because I wanted to be a paleontologist for about four years after seeing it. Nice. It really captured my imagination in that way. You know, I had the toys and I would, I would bury things in the yard and I'd dig them back up like two weeks later. My mum hated it. Um, <laughs> and, I, I don't but, know if that's a paleontologist or you're, st you're starting like a career just, at a, like a body farm. <laughs> yeah. Or just, yeah, just <laughs> acting like the local dog. Um, <laughs> but uh, one of the things is that like, I'd enjoyed it on that base level as a kid, but I have constantly come back to that film. Uh, and like, I watched it in 1994 when it came out, I watched it every time that it was on free, free TV. I watched it, you know, when it came out on DVD, I loved it when it came out on the 20th, was it the 20th anniversary? I'm pretty sure it was the 20th mm -hmm. anniversary into the cinemas again. And it was just as, as much of a spectacle as visually spectacular as it was back in 1994. I never got a chance to see it in the cinemas back in 1994. I got like the, this crappy VHS from New Zealand. Um, so that was really, really cool. But what I enjoy about it is that very much like you were saying, it's, it's, it's a, it's a action spectacle movie, but there is a layer to it that it gave it some heart and that was back when steven spielberg it wasn't a, it wasn't a niche or it wasn't a stick 
for him to focus on children and focus on the yeah. way that they perceive the action happening around them. And it was a very fresh way of, of looking at it. He's gotten a little bit jaded as he's gotten older with that sort of uh, trope. But Jurassic Park is like the epitome of that. And I mean, we even watched it for like bachelor parties and like, you know, any chance, like any, any party that we had from like mid twenties to now where we got drunk enough, we would put Jurassic Park on. Because it's, it just is wonderful. Mm. It's, there's not enough films that can teach you a lesson about why you shouldn't bring dinosaurs back. And <laughs> there's not enough lessons. Not like enough that. lessons there like that. Um, no, but it is. It is wonderful. Like just and I, I, I've like have have you um, have you shown it to the kids? Have you shown? Have you? No, no, I'm afraid to. And the reason that I'm afraid to is because they've grown up with a different type of film. Yeah. And I honestly, like a little piece of me would die if they sort of were like, meh. And, and also because like Jurassic Park was perfect. Lost World was great. Jurassic Park 3 was okay. And then everything that came after that was just a piece of garbage. Yeah. And I honestly just rehashing and not very well the same themes and context of the original Jurassic Park. Yeah. I mean, let's take a really quick tangent here for a second about Jurassic Park because, um, yeah. like, I agree with you that kids are used to a very different film. Um, mm. I, I recently, uh, Will, for his birthday, um, I took him shopping. Will's my son. And he decided that with his money, he would buy Lego Jurassic Park. So I was Lego Jurassic World. The uh, and oh, I, yep, yep. I was thrilled. I was thrilled with that choice of Switch game. It's the entire film, but just done as Lego. So it's the original voice cast. They've just ripped. They've <laughs> just taken the original voice. So for a very long time afterwards, so it, well for this whole last week, he's been <laughs> going around saying, "Shoot her." Shoot her! <laughs> and I'm so happy. I'm so happy. But yeah, um, like really quick, like the Jurassic Park three was sort of, it was good because Sam Neill was in it. Like anything yeah. Sam was in. Um, but you're right. It, it like the new Jurassic worlds are so CGI heavy that it's almost unrecognizable. And and the story, there's nothing inherently wrong with those stories, but. The like Jurassic World just felt hokey because it was trying to do what Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park did. did. Yeah. Like, let's put kids in a perilous situation. We we actually genuinely see this is the problem. Back then, kids were cute. Yeah. <laughs> now we don't care about kids because they're obnoxious. Like, no, I think I think it's more like now we expect more from kids. Yeah, that's true. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, like now if you have a kid in a in a in a movie, they have to be like a complex character, whereas back in the day they could just be obsessed with a paleontologist and want to ride in a car with them. But actually, uh, this is this is my this is a little bit of my two cents here. It's the the difference is in Jurassic Park. I mean, you had you had those two kids. You have one that dresses exactly the same as Alan Grant. Like, he was that much of a fanboy <laughs> that he dressed like Alan Grant. And then you had um, Lexi. It was Lexi, wasn't it? Yeah, who, yeah. Who, you know, played baseball, had the baseball cap, and... Super into computers. Yeah, but didn't actually 
it wasn't it wasn't about like they wasn't pushing any agenda with those kids. It was just like here's these two kids. They're really yeah. quite switched on kids, and they were likable in the fact that they were flawed. Now what we've got is they're purposely trying to make kids flawed. Like the teenager was always on his phone, his girlfriend. He was a moody teenager. He was the stereotypical moody teenager, and he was the stereotypical. I'm into dinosaurs. I like dinosaurs. But it's it's it. it, it they're the exact same. They're the exact same characters, but with less subtlety. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I think that's. I think that's. It's the the subtlety is the charm of the original. Yeah. Um, and the, and with the original, I think it's like one line where they say, "Oh, their their parents aren't getting along" or something like that, and you you build your own assumptions on that. Whereas through the entire thoroughfare, you see the parents in like divorce settlements and then they come together at the end for the kids and stuff like that. And it just, it felt so much more forced. Hmm. Um, surprisingly Jurassic, I think it's called Jurassic world two. Is, is, uh, is, is Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. I liked it a little bit more than I liked Jurassic um, world. And that's because it kind of, it was a little bit different to the other Jurassic Park movies and it didn't try to rehash as much old mm. ground, even though it is literally the lost world because, you know, you know, they go back to the island and then they come back off the island. And then instead of a Tyrannosaurus Rex coming back with them, there's a bloody whole menagerie of animals. Yeah. <coughs> but it's, it was just a little bit more enjoyable, I think, because it was a little bit more ethically complex. But even then they tried to shoehorn this child in yeah and it just felt really pushed it really really pushed and that kind of really annoys me but jurassic park itself is is who is what made me today yeah and teenage mutant ninja turtles i i 100 percent can see like the jokes you make the Mm -hmm. the sense of like if i'm any character yeah yeah the brotherhood if i'm any fictional character i am donatello Mm, let's face it you are that's that's who i am into a team um, Even though my favorite was Michelangelo when I was a kid, but as I matured, I, I grew into Donatello and I have become the purple bandanaed turtle himself. So moving forward, moving <laughs> forward into, let's say, teenagers, what is, what is some of those films that made you, like, why are you like this, Doug? Why, why am I like, like this? this? I, can, I can answer that with, with I'm going to say three films right through from from my teenage years from my formative years weirdly enough two of them are romance movies so first one's first um this defines my way of thinking this uh opened me up to new ideas and new possibilities and also like it gave me the idea or, or or the creative energy to look at different um, visual styles and stuff like that. Can you guess what it is? <sighs> Look, this isn't one of the romance movies. It? Have we spoken about it before on the podcast? Have we? Spoken yeah, I think we have about this on the podcast. Not at. I don't think we've. Not at length. I've. I've withheld. Oh, we keep putting yeah. it off. Hey, we keep yeah. like going. Oh, that's a future because it's too special. It's like no, no, we can't attack that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It's the Matrix. You know what it is. It's It's the Matrix. Matrix. It's the Matrix. And it sounds like, as as an older man, like it does sound a little bit like I I can, I can see how 
obsessed I was with it. And I can see how I thought it was this brilliant, intelligent film. And I still think that, don't get me wrong, but I don't, I don't try to uh, express all intelligence within that film anymore. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's- Whereas back in the day, I was like, this is my whole world breaking down. This is me thinking about things outside of the box. Yeah. This is me thinking laterally and thinking about my environment and myself and all the, and it, it really actually put me on this collision course with a lot of philosophy. Um, after, after that, I, I picked up any philosophy book that I could find, particularly about like philosophical questions, like the, the one that comes to mind because it was just recently used in WandaVision is the ship of Theseus. Yeah. Um, you know, and then there's also the, um, the stranger in the dark cavern and all this sort of stuff. Uh, stories in which we uh, question our own reality and question ourselves and stuff like that. The matrix literally opened my mind to those things. I took the blue pill. Do you know what I mean? Like I was oh, just yeah. like, I was in there. I was in the zone and I remember seeing it the, because we've seen it by accident, actually. Um, we were meant to go see a different movie. It wasn't on at that time. I only watched like the, the teaser trailer for it while we were waiting to see the movie. Hadn't heard anything about it. So that was the perfect way to go into a film like that because like within the first 30 seconds, you were like, what the fuck? Mm. And I just remember coming out of it and just being like, quiet for five minutes and then i tried to jump and like walk up a wall and then i was like holy crap is our whole world <laughs> is our whole world make-believe what's going on here am i who i think i am or am i just a you know all these different signals coming into my body and like i was what was it 1990 i was 16 which was yeah. a pretty formative year um sweet and to thing. this day i i can quote that entire film just by watching it. Like I, I quote along with the film and uh, Matrix Resolutions, uh, Revolutions, Matrix uh, Reloaded. I love those films too. Even though I know how incredibly flawed they are uh. in a lot of different ways, I still love them because they're, they're, they're like a part of that trilogy for me, you know? And even to this day, like the way that I argue, the way that I counter argue, the way that I, I question things and play devil's advocate comes from that release of information from the matrix. Do you know what I mean? Um, two, two other films that kind of um, shaped who I am. And uh, I think we all know that I can be a little bit um, melodramatic, maybe. A little bit, uh, yeah, little bit. He's doing the little visual like just and I remember, I remember that. Oh yeah, I held up my fingers together, like really tiny. And then I went, oh wait, you guys can't see that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I'm a, I'm a little bit melodramatic and I'm a little bit uh, of, uh, well, I used to be, I should say. I, 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 was, I was much more of a romantic in, in terms of the way that I perceived love and falling in love and being with the person that you love and all this sort of stuff. And I feel like I can blame two films for that. Three, really, but I would, I would, I'm going to stick with the two. Um, Amelie? Oh, yeah. Yep. Amelie was a huge influence on the way that I perceived uh, going for things and putting yourself out there for love and, and putting your heart on the table and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And Moulin Rouge, which was just this hyper-realistic idea of what love is and the bombast, the bombasticity, if that's even a word, yep. of what love can feel like. And I think everybody 
I think everybody has felt that weird, like bang, like you're this love that just kind of like, I'm going to swoop out and song and all that. Maybe that's just me, but um, even to this day, yeah. (laughs) yeah, Even to this day, when I watch Moulin Rouge, I do get a little bit like just a little bit teary at the end, even though it's such a bombastic film and it's, it's very two dimensional in a lot of ways, but the, the combination of the music and the, the visuals and the, and the colors, it's just, just it's so overwhelming. Yeah. And I put Romeo and Juliet, uh, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet in there as well, but to a lesser extent, because uh, to me, Moulin Rouge is the one that really mm. pun intended sung to me, you know? And so I think that really for a long time guided my idea of, of how you put yourself in, in love and how you throw your all into someone and, uh, you know, be damned with the consequences sort of thing. Uh and that is most probably the that that's most probably the, the core of like, dude, you're effed up, and that's why. <laughs> it's like if you had a, if you had to watch less of the Moulin Rouge, if you had to watch a little bit more of um, uh, Bruce Willis or something like that, maybe you wouldn't be the weird, no man, crazy no. mess there, that you are now. There was so many, so many, you know nights at the flat where we would just like sing our hearts out to Moulin Rouge and <laughs> and and I'm standing by that um, in the name of oh. love one night in the name of, of love. love that was actually pretty solid damn um yeah. okay uh <laughs> next podcast sing along karaoke podcast yeah. Yeah, sing along with us oh wait it's it's already know, that realistic that um <coughs> so like you, I've I've also got sort of three. Um, yep. Lord of the Rings, for the same reason as Titanic, because it was just such a show, and like Peter Jackson did such a great job of documenting. And I like I poured over those making of books. I I, I saw the like the there was a lot of good filmmaking that went into them. Oh, just it was like it was like the last hundred years of cinema came together to. Well, at the time, it was the unfilmable story. You could yeah. not. Like, everyone said, you can't make Lord of the Rings into a film. And Peter Jackson does it. And then, essentially, from that point forward, everyone's like, oh, well, everything's up for grabs. Um, <laughs> and and even though it sh- some things shouldn't. Um, so, that that was the same <laughs> thing. But two, two really, I think, that really, really impacted me uh, was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I had not seen it. And then I sat down with my father when I was about 13 to watch it. And, um, you know, my, my, my father and I, like, we don't have like a huggy relationship. Um, like we love each other, but it's not a huggy relationship and sitting down and watching that as, as. So it's different to the relationship that we have. Cause I, I will literally hug anyone. Yeah. I am a hug slut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are. I'm just putting that out there. You are. Yeah. I mean, this is what Moulin Rouge does to a man. I'm a, um, I'm a filthy hugger. <laughs> You are, yeah, yeah. You're a filthy hugger, Donatello. Um, <laughs> but it, it, like, it was like kind of the first time where my father and I bonded over something. Like he, he was, he's super into footy and horses, and I'm a drama nerd who <laughs> is into musicals. Um, and it was the first time that we we both sort of went, "Wow, this is, this is," like he'd watched it before, and him sharing that with me and me loving it. I, it's yeah. such a, it was spe- such a special thing. Um, and then towards the I end. love that. I love that kind of that film that like 
expands generations and boundaries. I think that's a, and 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 I think Crusade is one of those films. Like I think, like not not to take away from because that's a very special thing to have in in terms of of, of going through a film. But I feel like that's uh, I feel like that's a movie that attracts that type of. It does, and and it's because it is at at its core, it is a story about a generation a generational gap and coming mm. together for a purpose and i think yeah. like it's definitely going to be one of the films that i cannot wait like i've like will you know will and henry and myself um like we've sat down and watched the opening 10 minutes of of the train um with joaquin phoenix oh not joaquin phoenix river phoenix yeah, we, uh river yeah yeah and and what we've watched it over and over because don't want to show him too much of what else goes in that film, but um, it's really special. <laughs> it's a really special time. Um, yeah. The other one that really impacted me um, is a film called Orange County with Jack Black. Ah, yeah. And it was one of those films that came at potential, like just the right time. Um, it was a time where I was questioning, like, I wanted to do theatre. I just started a youth theatre company in, in a s- small town in Australia. And I was really heavily contemplating going away to uni to study theatre and, and was thinking, oh, I need to go to Sydney. I need to go to Melbourne. I need to make a name for myself, whatever. And I watched Orange County. And the whole message of that film um, is essentially if you don't have to move away to do the stuff you love. In fact, sometimes just staying where you are and exploring that is sometimes more rewarding than going away. And I watched it and it just so spoke to me. As, it's like a reverse Kerouac. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, um, it just was like such a good film about how he put all of this energy and time into going into thinking, I need to go there because once I'm there, then I will be good. And um, it was um, Kevin, Kevin Klein. No, yeah, Kevin Klein, as the as the professor, as the professor, and you know, as he as he sort of saying, look, you you don't. The reason this is good is because you're writing about what you know, hmm. and it just really spoke to me. And so I stay, I stayed, and I and I built the theater company up, and it 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 just impacted me so much. Mm. Um, and I don't that, remember anything. That film was your generation. I mean, we're not a generation apart, but it's like your generation's Empire Records or Can't Hardly Wait. I love that you you're saying I mean? your generation. Um, all right, old man Douglas. Oh, I mean, I'm <laughs> you and my wife for the same birthday. Um, yeah. yeah. Are you listening, Sarah? <laughs> Next week, uh, it's just Doug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lachlan's stuck in a Lachlan's under the cupboard underneath Um, the stairs so to to round off this conversation what is a movie or two movies that have impacted you as uh, as an adult as a father what 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 film has really impacted you look I I won't go too far into like now Mm. um, but I'd say like early 20s there were a couple of films that defined me not in the way that you'd expect. I'm going to put as as a general overview the the original Star Wars trilogy and the Twilight series. You've got some explaining to do. <laughs> You've got like thirty. I I have a sick. I have a sickness, Lachlan. I have a sickness. 
I actually, there, there is a part of me that enjoys to hate things sometimes. And I really, I, this really comes into fruition. Wolverine Origins would be in here as well, but yeah. I'm going to stick to the two that I've mentioned. I, I absolutely, I watched the, I watched the original trilogies when I was much older. So I didn't get that, that childhood wonder with those films. And I think they are very, I don't think they're bad films. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it out. I don't think they're bad films. I just think that they're not as unbelievably remarkable as people tell them now. And so I kind of play up the fact that I don't like them because I, I like to hate them a little bit. I like to be the devil's advocate to it and be like, this is rubbish. And uh, I mean, Twilight is rubbish. And oh, yeah, no. having said that, I knew it was rubbish before I, I went into it. I knew it was rubbish while I watched the first film. I knew it was rubbish when I picked up the first book and then finished the last book. And I knew it was rubbish when I ended up watching the last film like three years ago when I had nothing else to do. I put myself through that pain because there is a part of me that wants to be in that pain so that I can hate it. Do you feel and justified? This is the most messed up thing about me. This is what's, This is why I am like this now. <laughs> I love that it's a very slippery slope from Moulin Rouge. I've got a really good sense of love and romance and wonder to I hate Twilight. It. Um, yeah, but but I think it's you know what, and I've I've come to terms with this because I think it's actually healthy to hate things and to express that in a in a positive way. And generally, when I have those conversations with people about those sorts of things, I. I want it to be a humorous conversation. Do you know what I mean? I always love having that humorous conversation. It comes back to The Matrix as well because I always love to argue the point of why they are a bad film or why this is bad. So it, it, like, I can express hatred for things that don't matter, which allows me to free up positivity for the things that do. Oh, that's deep. Yeah. That's very deep. Yeah, man. I'm, I got layers. I got layers, yo. Layers and layers. <laughs> <laughs> but that is the most messed up thing about me and i think everybody knows that about me too like sometimes i just get on a rant and oh, we know we know not to not to talk about twilight <laughs> or star wars around here. and i i have to mention mention this because i i always found this funny so an ex-girlfriend of mine knew that i disliked the star wars films so she had a nickname for something and the nickname was george lucas just to just to piss me off, just to have that little like piss. <laughs> True story, and and most probably a little bit too much to share. But this is why I am like this. I share too much because of Moulin Rouge. <laughs> because of a sense of romance, I don't. No, but because of putting things out there and being bombastic. I think it's more the truth. Uh, it's more the Matrix because you've got an obsession with uh, with uncovering the truth. With uncovering the truth. Okay. Um, yeah, I can I can get down to that. What about you, man? What's what? Give me give me where you're at now. Or you yeah. know what, the film that has has uh, really really changed me is about time. Film that you, you have mentioned this a couple of times yeah, too. I, I, I will, I will watch that once. There's not many movies. Like my my wife absolutely hates the fact that I can't watch a movie more than once. I because <laughs> sit there because and I'm I'm one of those people that will go, oh yeah, no, you told me this already. Like halfway into a story, because I'm just like, I don't <laughs> this. I'm done with it. <laughs> I, I'm, you, thank you, thank you. I've already heard it. Um, 
But <laughs> so I'm like I'm like that with films. Like I'll be like, oh, whatever. Uh, there's not many films that I can sit through more than once. Yeah, um, yeah. About time, I will happily watch once or twice a year. Um, Paddington, Paddington Two, I'll sit through those as many times as you make me watch them. They're just a freaking joy. Um, so what what have they brought to you though? Like. They, why think, why are you like this because of them i'm i'm like this because of about time um and to an extent paddington because it is this sense of like the messages in it are live your life with a sense of kindness mm. live your life because this is the what this is the one you've got don't don't you know think about what you might have don't think about where you could be yeah there you are as now um, and like one of the biggest things that I, I find myself saying all the time is actually from Paddington, which is if the world is, um, if you're kind and polite, the world will be right. And mm, yeah, it's, it's even in my teaching. It's even in my, it, whenever my interactions, it's always about, look, if I'm kind and polite, then the world is going to be right. And it's kind of justification for the fact that I always used to be, no, actually, you know what it is thinking about it. Um, just I'm on the couch. Self-reflection. Yep. Yep. Is, is the fact there's a scene in Paddington 2. I started off saying about time, but actually Paddington 2 might be the one. Um, (laughs) There's a scene in Paddington 2 where he's being really lovely. He's being really gentle and he's being really kind and polite. And I've always been the sort of person who's will be kind and polite to a fault. Like you, you know that that's a real fault of mine that I will let somebody Mm. trample all over me. Yeah. Um, but in it, when, when, uh, what's his name? McGinty. Um, he, he stares, Brendan Gleeson's character, he, he stare like says something really nasty to Paddington. Um, oh no, he goes, yeah. Paddington goes, if, the, if you're kind and polite, the world will be right. And Brendan Gleeson says, um, your, your aunt sounds like a real twit. And <laughs> Paddington just stops and gives him this like stare, stare. This hard, hard stare. Ah, <laughs> uh, yep. And it just made me go, Ooh, you can be kind and polite, but also firm. Yeah. You can be both of those things at once. And so Paddington for me, and Ben Whishaw was the perfect chant, like perfect like voice actor for Paddington. So yeah. I think, you know what? About time might have made me a little bit of a better father, but Paddington, I think, is making me a better person. Why <laughs> it has 99% fresh rating on, on Rotten Tomatoes. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm glad that we finished with yours because finishing on the, the idea of hate is good is most probably not a good thing. Just to recap here, we've sort of had a very formative <laughs> years and then you go into, I hate these things and it's good to hate. <laughs> Feel the hate. And I've gone into, if you're kind and polite, the world will be right. I, I stick by that though, because I honestly feel like it's it's like an outlet and it's an it's amusing outlet because I know that I don't have as much passion about these things as I appear to be. Uh, but it's just a really nice outlet to get those feelings out in a positive, well, a relatively positive way. And it frees me up to be positive about things that do matter. I really like that theory. I think it's a really good theory. I'm going to test that theory with you, in a, you know, uh, from time to time. You just, need to, you just need to find something that to hate and then come at me, bro. And I will hate that sucker with you. Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. And it, 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 just, get out, just get our hate on. Maybe maybe an episode coming up is these are the things we hate. Ten, oh yes, ten you know I'm born you. for that. <laughs> ten things we hate about cinema. Film. Um, yes. Ah, 
Yes. Uh, all right. Well, guys, that is that is our uh, episode of uh, self reflection. Uh, whatever you, whatever, what was your formative films? We want to hear about it. Um, send us a voice message on Anchor or drop us a line on our social medias at Never Showing. Um, but thank you very much for joining us. And and John, if you have managed to get that ham radio working, buddy, how are you getting a how are you getting a podcast on a ham radio? It's impressive. That, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's like the the new MacGyver, so I wouldn't put it past him. He just need a pair of coconuts and some some wire snippers. That is true. Um, until next time, this has been the Never Showing Podcast. I've been Lachlan. I've been Doug. And uh, we thank you for listening. Okay, thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs> Well, that's all the pictures and time we have for this week. But it doesn't have to stop here. Head over to our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All three of us are ready and waiting to discuss all oh, things John. film, television, and pop culture. We also <laughs> want to hear about your pictures and ideas. If you've got your own take on this week's film, we would love to hear it. And we'll be Do you think he's still alive? We need to pictures. change this. So join us here again. <laughs> podcast, your company is always oh, here's the Harrison Ford line. Especially yours, Harrison Ford. <laughs> John, no. no. Oh my god, he does this every time. He doesn't care. Anyway, until next time, I'm Doug. I'm Lachlan. And I'm John. See you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye. Have a beautiful time.